What's going on, everybody? It's Jason Ackerman back once again to answer our listeners' questions. And once again, I like to keep it pretty anonymous so you guys feel comfortable messaging, emailing, texting us. So let me do my best to read this email. Subject, coaching longevity. It's a tough word to say. Coaching longevity and endgame. My name is blah, blah, blah. I'm 24 years old. I'm a head coach at CrossFit X. I coach 15 to 20 classes a week and have 25 personal training sessions a week. I make just under 3K a month, which isn't bad, but obviously it's not good. Okay. We could talk about that. Um, I had a conversation about success recently with a client friend of mine. I'd like to maybe discuss that here. My question is, what does the end game of a full-time CrossFit coach look like? How is there any retirement or even supporting a family by coaching CrossFit? As a head coach who enjoys coaching and helping others, how can I make this a career? If CrossFit as an organization can somehow take care of their full-time coaches and gym owners with insurance and retirement plan, it would be so much easier to keep coaches bought in for the long haul and focus on being a professional coach instead of coaching as a hobby. Hmm. That's a loaded statement right there. I don't know if you are familiar with the four ninths model. Come on, who do you think I am? Of course, I practically invented the four ninths model. Uh, Chris Cooper, two great business, but basically any PT or specialty course I do, I only take in forty four point four percent of it, and the gym takes fifty five point six percent. Quick math that equals a hundred, so good there. This never seems fair to me. I would like to get your thoughts on it as well. And if it's not fair, how should I go about making it fair? All righty, let's dig in. So let me talk about this idea of success first. Um, Not really your question, but you kind of brought it up, I think, when you say, I make just under 3K a month, which isn't bad, but obviously it's not good. So let's set a couple things straight. You're 24 years old. I don't know much about this area you live in, so I don't really know what the cost of living is. But you're 24 years old, and then you're making just under three. Let's call it 3K. So you're making 36K a year. That's like way above the poverty line, and you're doing something you love. When I was 24 years old out of college, I was making $8 an hour on the floor of Gold's Gym. If you've read my book, you know the story. I was living in a basement apartment. The ceiling was about five foot five. So luckily, myself and my girlfriend at the time were, you know, five, three and under, so we can stand up. But I remember having friends over who literally could not stand up in my apartment because the ceiling was too low. Uh, And it was like not a real basement. So you just heard everything that happened upstairs. It was in the absolute ghetto of Albany. I don't know if that word's PC. So whatever. It was in a terrible part of Albany, New York, where I would routinely wake up to crimes happening, including One time when I left my house, I was leaving my house at 5 a.m. to teach a 5.30 a.m. spin class at Gold's Gym. This is a true story. The the, like floodlight goes on in the driveway and we couldn't park on the driveway. I was parked on the street. We weren't allowed to park on the driveway. Floodlight goes on. My car is right across the street. There's literally another person sitting in my car, stealing my car stereo. So Let's let's put things into perspective when we talk about success. You're doing pretty fucking well. Now, I get it. We all want to do better. But I think sometimes, you know, we have to understand what success really means to us. I was having a conversation with a box owner 
who was comparing himself to the box down the road because they, you know, supposedly had 200 or 300 members. And I said to him, I was like, how do you know what they're paying? How do you know what their community is like? How do you know that they're hitting the same programming? How do you know there's no drama there? Like, you just, we basically, you know, Instagram and social media, it's, it fucks everything up. We base success on what we perceive to be true. If I were to open a box today, my goal would be to have 100 outstanding members that caused no drama, that all paid the same full price, that did the exact same programming, that showed up at every community event. That would be my definition of success. It wouldn't be 300 members, you know, some paying 80, some paying 150, some paying 200. So, you know, when you talk about money, when we talk about the success of a box, really we have to, you know, understand what success means to us. So let's dig in a little bit more. I was off on a tangent there, but I just want to say that's a good starting point, dude, for 24 years old coaching CrossFit. So what does the end game of CrossFit look like? And, and what you say here is if CrossFit as an organization can somehow take care of their full-time coaches and blah, 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 I read it already. I don't want to say that's never going to happen. I think the new CEO and owner, Eric Rosa, is doing some amazing things, but you're looking at somebody else to take care of you right there. That's not how this world works. And CrossFit has never promised anyone that. CrossFit is not a franchise. It's an affiliate model. It's not up to CrossFit as an organization to do that. It's up to the individual boxes and love them or hate them. That's what Coach Glassman created. He's libertarian. And his idea was the cream rises to the top. When I had a CrossFit box, my coaches were paid handsomely. They got a full-time salary. They got health insurance, et cetera. That was the way I decided to run my box. And that's why ultimately I think I grew it to 500 members and ultimately sold it for damn near $1 million. Now, you know, you talk about an end game. One of my biggest pet peeves in, in CrossFit and overall fitness is when I hear someone say, you know, you can never get rich, you know, being in fitness or being CrossFit. I'm fucking rich, bitch. Like, I don't, you know, like Rick James or Dave Chappelle, whoever said it, you know, granted, I'm not you know, lighting $100 bills to light cigars, I don't smoke. But if I did, I would, I'd probably use a 20. No, I mean, but I took care of myself. And I'm talking, I'm nothing special. I was making $8 an hour until the year before I opened a CrossFit gym, or maybe I'd gone up a little bit, but I was a personal trainer. I was teaching spin. I was grinding and hustling for every dollar I made. I was afraid to go on vacation because I'd lose my clients. I was covering every single class. I went through so many girlfriends, not because I'm a stud. Trust me, uh, you know, I should have kept every one of them. It was because I was so head down focused on just paying my bills that, you know, I couldn't sustain a girlfriend until I found CrossFit. And yeah, I, I can make the argument. I found it in 2007 and I, you know, right time, right place, whatever. Point is, I was an entrepreneur. And I don't think you need to be the owner of the box to be an entrepreneur. I think to be an entrepreneur, what you need to be saying to yourself is, I'm responsible for my own growth and for my own wealth and my own well-being and nobody else is. And when I see a statement like that, you know, and I, look, this person wrote into us, I'm not trying to come down on you. I appreciate you writing into us. And, you know, hopefully I'm going to spin this in a way that it feels positive by the end. But it's not on anybody else to take care of, of you. It's on you to take care of you. And that might mean for a lot of people not going to the same box that you're currently going to. I mean, 
look, you're doing great. You're coaching. I mean, you're working 40 hours a week, 25 personal training session. We'll dig into this four ninth model idea, but you know, I don't think it's up to CrossFit to take care of us. It's up to the boxes and you need to find the box. There's plenty of boxes that do that well these days. There's a lot of them out there and I'm sure there's one in your area. And I'm sure as we've talked about in many of these, you know, short hitters, it comes down to communication. Have you talked to the box owner about this? Have you talked to your boss or whoever's, you know, cutting the checks that this is something you're interested in now? Digging into this fourth, ninth model. I'll be honest. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think it's a standard and I think it's important that somebody put it out there. You know, when I didn't, I went through Chris Cooper's two brain stuff and I am a big fan of Chris and I consider him a friend. I'm glad he put it out there. I'm glad there's something out there. I don't know that four ninths is perfect, but I can tell you as a box owner, the box deserves a big chunk of that. You know, it's it's always the the trainers that are upset about it. It's never the box owners, but we forget the box owners paying rent, the box owners paying the bills, the box owners bought the equipment, the box owners are probably the ones bringing in the clients that you're training. Is four ninths appropriate? I don't know. Should it be flipped? Should it be six ninths? I don't know. But the point is, the box owner needs to be compensated. And you know what I would tell you to do is rather than complain about the four ninths you're getting, because it doesn't sound like that's going to go anywhere, is talk to him about raising your rates. So for example, I, I, I'm not quick with math, so I'm going to do my best, but say you're charging, I'll, I'll get my calculator up. Let's do this together. Say you're charging an average of, uh, let's call it 75. So times 0.44, you're taking in 33 of that 75, and the box is taken in about... Uh, 41. So 41 to 33. Start charging more. Charge 100 bucks. Now all of a sudden you just gave yourself a uh, a $12 raise per hour. You went from $33 an hour to $45 an hour and the box makes more. Now I'll, I'll layer on to that this. And I think I would talk to Dr. Uh, Sean Pestuch about this on a previous episode. And that's going to be my last piece of this is active life. Um, here's what I would do. And, and Sean lays it out a little bit on an episode. So say you're charging 75 and your box owner is happy with the four nines model. Maybe you bump it up to $100 an hour, but you say, look, you were happy. You were happy when you were taking in 50, uh, or let's, let me redo my math. You were happy um, at 75 when you were taking in $41. So I'm going to bump my rates up to $100. Will you keep your... $41 uh, commission or split. So you're no longer abiding by the four ninths model because you feel you're valued at more than 75 an hour. And again, these are just random numbers. I don't know what you're charging. Now to take that to the next level, I mentioned Dr. Sean and active life. I'm doing Dr. Sean's course this week online. And what I would tell you is you need to be better. You need to be able to feel comfortable charging that hundred dollars an hour. You know, and, it, and it's it's tough. I mean, I get on phone calls every day with box owners, with members, with clients, and I charge a premium. And And sometimes I'm like, man, am I worth it? You know, we always have that imposter syndrome, but I know I'm worth it because I know if I get on a call with someone, they're going to be better. They're going to make more money. You know, they're going to be happier. They're going to learn something. And you need to feel the same confidence in your coaching. So I hope I made that clear. I'm, I'm a fan of the 4 model, you know, for the most part. 
If you want more, bump your rates up and ask the box owner to stay at their current commission or current split so you can get an even more substantial increase. And if they say no, at least raise your rates and get four-ninths of that. So, my friend, I threw a lot at you there. And I'm giving you a little bit of tough love because uh, I, I know how old you are and you sound like a hustler. And I'm hoping that this is a fire lit under your butt to get out there. And you can do this. I want to tell you, you're doing great already. You're making $3,000 a month. You're making $36,000 a year. That's probably in like the top 90. It's truly like in the 99 percentile in the world, you know, when you factor in third world countries and, and poverty, et cetera. So first of all, I challenge you to think about success in a different way. But I agree. You want to make more. I challenge you to make 4000 a month by the end of the year. You have less than three months to do it. And I want to hear back from you because I know you're going to do it. You just have to grind. You have to have some tough conversations and you have to be you know, willing to challenge yourself and get yourself outside of that comfort zone. There you have it, folks. Another question answered. I hope that helps. If you have questions for me or for Fern or anything on best hour of their day, shoot us a DM, best hour of their day, or more easily, if you have a legit question you want answered on the air, best hour of their day at gmail.com. If you're still listening, it's not too late to sign up for my 90-day coaches development course. We're launching this week. Hit me up in the DMs on best hour if you're interested or shoot me an email. All right. That's all I got for you guys. Peace. I'm out of here. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up best hour of their day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.